Good evening, Patriots. And today is the end of January 14th in the year 2024, Sunday. We had a great show this morning, a fantastic show with prayer and worship and healing. And um, just continuing forward with that process of every Sunday, probably bringing what I think is one of the better worship sessions around because we all come together and literally bring the church alive, which is fantastic. Patriots, before we get going tonight, sleep, such a critical thing, and part of sleep is getting enough of it, obviously, and having the right products to sleep on. That would be my pillow. They've been with us now for coming up on three years, and so it's a great honor to continue to support them. MyPillow.com forward slash bards. MyPillow.com forward slash bards. They really are the, it's just your promo code BARDS. They've got all sorts of great products, great pillows. The uh, Giza cotton sheets are, and the MyPillow 2.0 is a like a can't-lose combination. And then you have their towels and a variety of other things that are just fantastic. So continue to check it out. They're fantastic. Great company, great products. At this point, probably everybody in the Bards Nation has a MyPillow, and so you probably need to get more just to give to friends and family and to help wake up so many people. I literally mean it. Like, you give somebody a MyPillow that's not woke, and they'll become woke by the time they wake up in the morning. It's that powerful. So anyway, check it out. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. Lots of great sales right now. I think they've even got free shipping on your orders. Just head on over there and do your thing. It's good. I've talked a lot about different aspects of the destruction of the United States. Obviously, economics is one. We have power grids that are being stressed right now beyond measure. There's competition for electricity. All of these things were designed failure systems. They wanted to literally stress our systems with expansion of EVs and electric everything. So that the, and a, failing grid, a failing grid, which is, goes back to even to like 1920 is some of the grid systems we have. And I'm not kidding. It becomes so overstressed that now it's a competition for electricity. And it's not going to stop. And as they do this, you're going to continue to see brownouts in major cities. And this is all about bringing the United States to its knees. And it's equally about 
people trying to fulfill a prophecy of their own of believing that somehow that they're going to save the world and that we're a, and that we're a parasite. And that's really at the core of so much of the left's philosophy is that we are parasitic. And in so doing, being parasitic, that we are the problem of the earth and therefore we don't deserve to be here. And though I've mentioned this more and more, I really want to hammer in on this, this concept that we are not worthy. I'm very, I reject that position heavily and I know it's used a lot in prayer, like, Father, I'm not worthy of this, I'm not worthy of that. I, fall, I call that false humility. And I, I really mean this because we should be praising him and we should coming to ourselves and say, Father, I have stumbled, I have failed, I'm, I need to, you know, I'm, I'm here to repent, but to constantly take this position, and I'm strong about this, that we are not worthy, then we really beg the question of why did he sacrifice his only son for us if we are so unworthy? But I think people like to say we're unworthy. I think they enjoy it because I think it gives them this empowerment of like, I'm humble. Like I say, I call that false humility. And that's my position. I think that we need to be courageous enough to speak our heart openly, what we've done and what we are and who we are before our Father. But in so doing, we have to be willing to understand that he did sacrifice his only son for us. And therefore, there's a, there's a purpose and a design for each of us in this hour. And that's just it, is that so much of what we're fighting right now is the lack of understanding of who we are in the wandering. I found myself in a very interesting place this last week. And it's, and it's one that in the last, actually last two weeks, 14 days. And it's one that I'm, I'm having to run an interesting balance in. You, we've all talked here about the DMA, the uh, Declaration of Military Accountability. And we've also talked a lot about that 231, 231 signatories. And within that group, it's a very energized group. And people are very focused. And I'm, you step back into a world that I haven't been part of for a lot of years. But it's a world where everybody has a focus and intent. It doesn't mean people don't have flaws. It doesn't mean that they aren't, they aren't needing work and, and that all that. But when you step into a world like that, where every single person has a zeroed in focus of what they're going to achieve, the energy within that group is phenomenal. And it's fast paced and it's driven and it's focused and it's everything that goes on is, I mean, as an example, I wake up every morning to anywhere between a hundred to 400 text messages. And these are text groups that we have going on that people are sharing ideas and counter and testing things and reviewing documents and doing new investigation research. And it's all for a single purpose. And that purpose is to accomplish what the DMA says, to hold our military leadership accountable. And in so doing, to bring accountability back to, the, back to America by virtue of restoring the military. And that means using a legal and ethical way of doing this to work within and rather than separate and move out. So this is restoration, not separation. Our original Declaration of Independence was separation. This is restoration from within the framework of what we have. And when you get part of the pace like that, it's super energizing. And it's very easy as well to be so energized that we drift away from the principal focus of how we're supposed to be, which is working all things through God. And I think that's right at the core of so many things. I tend to be a very task-oriented person in many ways. I, I don't have a lot of patience, though I'm trying to learn it. For people that slouch, I don't have a lot of patience. For people that drag, I don't have a lot of patience. For people that need constantly reassuring to get back up on their feet. Open testimony. I go to God's working me to temper that, and that's great. But it's, it's a difficult world in a, in a difficult time right now. And I'm not going to lay that template out over everybody and say, you have to do this. That's not my way of saying things. But I'm just reminding people that there's a, there are some pretty intense folks out here right now working to save this nation. And in the, in the world of, of faith, it tends to be a much more lax world. It's like, okay, well, we just need to read the scripture and we need to take our time. We need to meditate on scripture. We need to think about things. And I shared with you what God put on my heart at the beginning of the year, which is to read the Bible from front to back and go and do it in 11 to 15 days. Now, I don't know how I'm going to achieve the goal, but I'm burning to get it done. And for a lot of people, that's like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's, that means that like, I can't take time to smell the roses along the way. And the answer is no, you can't. And we're not really in an era right now where we have the time 
to reflect on all the things around us. It's nice to do it. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to say, well, I've got a lot of inner healing to do, or I have a lot of other things to do. But we have to be really focused on why we're here. And we have to be seeking his word to understand why we're here. And we can't be wasting time. Now, I'm not going to put a time frame on God, nor should you, or should any of us for that matter. But the one thing that we don't have time for is this sort of meandering, lackadaisical pondering of, of everything to think that somehow this great awakening is going to happen within us and we're going to become ready for heaven. There needs to be works with, with, works with our faith. And part of that is to drive ourselves to, to new levels and push ourselves to new levels and new heights. Now, again, you're getting my opinion tonight. There's no, there's no doctrine that says this specifically. But I'm going to tell you that within the scriptures of understanding what's the magnitude of what we're in, it's there. You can see the intensity that's there. And we have to get to that fire. We have to find that fire within us to start really pushing and going harder, farther, higher, and doing becoming greater. And it doesn't happen by just kind of glaxodaisically moving through life or, or pondering and taking a chance or maybe hit and miss on when you're going to study the Bible. We have to start setting up a, a task and a purpose. And to me, the task and purpose right now at hand before everything else is to get the word in you. And that means beginning at the beginning and ending at the end and working right straight through it and reading it with a fire and intensity. I, every time I present this, somebody will write up and say, yes, but I've got a Bible, read a Bible in a year program. You don't have a year. We don't have a year. That's, that's the mindset that we have to get to. This war, this first shot of this war went off on 1 January in the public space. It's been going on for years, but this first shot in the public space went off on 1 January. And just because the round didn't go flying over everybody's head, what it did do is it sent a signal into the world. Now think about what we just did. The 231 signatories on that letter told the world, told the world, that every one of our generals violated the law and that every one of our generals is going to be held in a courts martial for the crimes in which they've done, which include violation of oath, treason, and crimes against humanity. So that's the message to the world. And if you don't think that's lit off a lot of discussion across the globe, it has. And it's also lit off a lot of discussion within the Pentagon. Now, in the, in the Navy... And it, well, I shouldn't say the Navy, it's other branches of service, but I know from the Navy, they've begun investigations of anybody that signed that letter with NCIS, Navy Criminal Investigation Service. And they've done so. And, the, and if the Navy's doing it, so have the other services. And what they're trying to do is press the charges of mutiny. Well, by definition, what we did witness is a form of mutiny. We've taken veterans and we've taken people in uniform that are currently serving. We've said our leadership is broken. It has led the nation into disrepair, to, into into disaster. Our military is broken as a result of their leadership. They have violated the law. They have gone so far as to violate the Constitution. They have de delivered a weaponized system, a bioweapon, which is killing and maiming soldiers within. They did so without any regard for the soldiers' well-being. That's a violation of their oath and without any consideration of well-being for the nation, violation of their oath. And when we get into the fact that you used an experimental shot without the approval or the authorization of each individual to give consent, informed consent, you've now been in violation of Nuremberg Code. So you have treason, violation of oath, and you have crimes against humanity, all stacked into one letter. And we've put this out into the world for the world to see and for the world to hear and for America to hear. 231 people, a traction that's pretty incredible, but... The sign-ons right now on site on the online site is like eighteen or nineteen thousand, but the people are beginning to move and they're beginning to listen. And when you start to move in that direction, you start to shake the cage, and that war has now begun. So as God is pouring onto us and and asking us to wage this fight in the spiritual realm, which is what our duty is. We should be not only advising leaders, but we should be speaking into the spiritual realms to wage that war in prayer. And it has positive effect. As we break down strongholds, tear down fortresses, literally pray into those control spaces of the demonic, we're able to disrupt and we're able to free people in this world. That's the deliverance piece. And there's a strategic importance. You can talk to anybody right now that's involved in this fight in this way, in this current time, and they will tell you that they cannot exist without prayer. That goes right to what Patton was saying in his Christmas prayer. 
And it's that was as we read that in we read that actually for, for New Year's Eve. And it's a powerful story of Patton relying on prayer, what he's literally praying to stop the rain. But he knows in the sense of war that he cannot win unless he has the American people praying. And then he takes it further to say we can't win this anymore unless we have soldiers praying. The prayer aspect of this fight is unprecedented. The importance of it is not, not even measurable. And yet we need to be there. We need to be in that fight and we need to be waging war and you need to be in the press Here's a great, this comes from Bear, our in-house Bible expert. Philippians 3, 1, 3, 3, 14, press on toward the goal of for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And there it is right there. Great quote. Thanks, Bear. It's, it's super important to understand that because it's a, it's the whole point of what we're doing here. We are literally raising up and going for that prize. And that's really where we continue to drive ourselves and we have to keep those scriptures in before us. Now, I'm talking a lot lately about reading scripture, about reading the Bible. And I'm doing this because I'm really emphasizing the point, the point and importance of this and this war that we're in. We can't win this without that foundation. And we're not going to be prepared if we don't get the word in us and through us and on top of us. It's, it's that important. Our nation has, has wandered miserably and we have lost our trail and we've gone off the edge. And the end of the day, we have to really start reflecting on where we fit in and how it is that we make a difference and how it is that we save a nation. And our latest numbers, by the way, of the online petition of the DMA is 18,828. Thank you. It's from our Mod Murfet. Thank you. So we, we literally, we are in seeing increased in numbers and increased interest. That number needs to get upwards of 100,000 and then ultimately a million because that needs to send the message of the magnitude of Americans that are willing to stand in and stand to. But we've quietly sat around for too long and we've become very passive. Now, last night in our online worship, there's some interesting things. I told this testimony this morning, but I want to go a little, I want to tell it again because I think it's very relevant. We did our, we did an online Pray Against the Storm open Zoom call last night, and we live-streamed it on Rumble. That was with Michelle and Leah of the Resistance Chicks and myself of Bards Nation. And then we had, I don't know, somewhere about 20 or 30 people in the Zoom call that came in, dialed in online. As would happen when something like this happens, it baited a number of people which were had ill intent in the call. Now, to the best of what I could profile, these are probably, this was probably an intelligence-level hit on the site using backdoors on Zoom. But nonetheless, I want to talk about my own process here because this was a process of initial failure that I was able to turn around through prayer. And it's very important to understand because what came at us in that call was a lot of visceral hate. And it was targeting the young girls in there and it was all using Muslim chants and it was using Allah Akbar as one of the call outs and it was using satanic images they were even posting and they were posting these ugly images of some of the people in there, of people they had found, like Michelle and Leah. They were posting these ugly satanic images within the chat. And they were changing their names faster than we could move. And we couldn't identify them because they would post as a name and then they would change the name. So they were having, they had an access, a limited access backdoor. And I've checked with other people, and this is a problem with Zoom. The pl platform is very compromised and it's used by a lot of very nefarious groups to cause problems and, and disruptions. And that's just the current day, day of InfoWars that we live in. And it, it was very demonic on many, many levels because they're also pulling out demonic things and calling out demonic stuff, very, very powerfully negative. And what was really amazing, first of all, is that the majority of everybody there began to pray against it, which is a great statement. Now, speaking of myself, because I'm going to just give you testimony of really why I bring this testimony in his level mind. I won't kid you that this put me right into battle mode. And I'm not talking battle mode spiritual warfare. I'm talking battle mode 2006 through 2011 Afghanistan battle mode. And my flip there is immediately like there's a, there's a literal, literal visceral level of hate that comes through this, these people that are doing this because they're targeting innocence. And that just riles it up unbelievably within me or did. And so I literally did the one thing that I believe the only thing you can do in that moment and not to be a fool, but rather to, I shut my mic off and I shut my, my camera off and I step back in my chair and I begin to pray in the spirit. 
And I begin to pray to get that self reset. And so as I, as I prayed into that, I was able to reclaim my footing. And then I was able to come back in on the call. At one point, Michelle asked me, she said, Scott, are we going to hear from you? And I, my answer was, not right now. Because what I would have to say would not be worthy of this show. So once I got myself centered then, and I came back into the show, then I began to pray into this and, and talk into it as well. And the way that I, then this was going on, it was pretty aggressive. And there was a lot of, a lot of aggression towards me, which was no surprise. And I'm calling out their crimes and then adding, and yet we still love you. And calling out their crimes and saying, and we still love you. Now, I'm not going to kid you. Do not think for half a second that that was easy. Because it wasn't. It wasn't easy to walk through that process, to force myself to say those words. But love is accountability. Love is accountability before God. Love is the forgiveness in our heart to let that go and to turn it over to God. And that process literally unlocked my rage meaning it freed it from me, and I was able to stay focused, and then we were able to go in and start speaking, and then I was able to pull back and get really focused, and then over a process, a course of the next 15 minutes or so, we were able to target and identify, and I was talking to Michelle, who had the control, the um, edit controls or the, over the system, and then I, we were able to talk through and delete every account. But it leaves, these sorts of things leave a very disdain and stainful a stain on people's hearts because they're targeting with wicked words wicked words that I'm not going to repeat here, into these, into these young girls and even into Michelle and Leah. And there's, there's two strong warriors in, in, in Christ. That's not even an issue. But nonetheless, what we need to be doing then is we need to be rallying around that and we need to be praying into that. And we need to be praying into that, the healing of hearts and the removal of that sort of burden because what they're trying to do is install fear. Now, these people, I want to be very clear. And I said this last night, this is not Islam. These are people that are agents of intelligence agencies and World Economic Forum and so forth. And while they may be Muslim, what they are intentionally doing is trying to create a horrific rift of hatred and vileness that's only represented by those that have really been trained to do just such a thing for the purposes of developing terror and hatred across the world. There is no religion in them other than Satan. I don't care what religion they claim to be that does not exist in their hearts. So this is, a, what, the point is we touched pure evil last night. And what the, the, the body check that I had on this for myself, because this is what I do. I mean, when I do something like this, is that I had to step back and say, okay, where did you go and where, where did you fail? And one of the things the Holy Spirit put in my heart as I was going through this was Joshua had no hate. And the scripture, love what God loves and hate what God hates hit me. And I'm like, wow, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm way off base here. Because my hatred is of my heart. My hatred was not of God. And to Leah's credit, she was encouraging them and praying with them and asking them to accept Jesus. And I'm giving her a lot of credit there because it was a correct response. But we have to be focused and understand that any time we deal with this enemy as we go through this, they are going to try to get into your heart and provoke your weak spot in your armor. That's their design. That's what they do. That's what demons do best. And there's a lot of demonic activity going on right now, a massive amount, that's intended to do just that. Be so provocative is it to try to draw at those places in your heart that you're vulnerable and that we don't aren't leading with faith. If we are literally walking in the power of love and the love of God, we are fearless. I've said this so many times in there last night, if I had to really say one thing, at the core of everything of our anger and our hatred, if we have it, there is somewhere else, there's some nugget of fear. And I have no patience for fear in me. So that's now a, a process of rooting it out. Where is it? What is it? How do we get rid of it? And how do I pray it out? And, that, and that's a simple process. You just take it in prayer and say, Father, show me in me where, where this is coming from. Sh reveal to me what the root of this is. Reveal to me what is yours and what is not yours and burn out of me all that is not yours. And then we do these processes of prayer constantly, we begin to heal. And if we're constantly focusing on ourselves, that we are walking in that place of love and for loving and forgiving heart, understanding that love and the way I frame love is Joshua these days. I know, I know people would like to say, would like to say Jesus. And I, that's a great model. Trust me. 
That's like, there you go. But the reason I use Joshua just for my own sake is when I talk about bounding love, it's the process that Joshua was also involved in, like kind of removing a whole city. But it wasn't his hands. It was the guidance of God. Now, Jesus, if you want to walk as Jesus, as we all should be, that's, that's the ultimate standard, and that's incredible. But we have to be able to get to that place to where we understand in warfare, and this is where Joshua comes in for me, in warfare, as is David come into me, as in warfare, we have to be able to step into warfare and not have the malice and the hate in our heart, but to understand the righteousness of the fight and be able to speak it without any of that in us. And the only way you're going to get there is if you're tested. And unfortunately, some of those testings hurt. For me, I will have to be honest. I mean, this, this is why I've had to spend some time today just focusing on prayer and getting into the Word a bit because I found that little nugget, the one I didn't think was there, the one that was there back in Afghanistan that I thought I'd put to sleep, thought I'd dealt with. Well, it came up. And it doesn't have a place in this fight. Sure, in the old in a fight in Afghanistan, it might work well in an ambush. But last night was a digital ambush, an informational ambush. And we have to be able to deal with those in the most focused way because hatred is, can be highly focused, by the way. It is. It's highly focused. But it's of the wrong intent. We're not walking into a war with hatred. We have to walk into this war with God's love flowing through us to see the world as God sees, to literally love as God loves and hate as God hates. And it's very important to understand that. And people are uncomfortable with that concept of God hating. We just need to think back to Sodom and Gomorrah. There is a place for all things. But if we are seeking that of God and we're praying into Holy Spirit and we're letting Holy Spirit show us how things are working, we are now able to start seeing the world as God wants us to see it through his eyes. And in so doing, we begin to release ourselves from the burdens and the frustrations and the emotions of our own heart. We have to. Because it leads to conflict. It leads to things that we may not otherwise know, be, know how to deal with and know how to manage unless we are leaning into God. We are really nothing without him. And that's the thing we tend to forget. We like to engage in arguments, fights, but social media is a baiting organization, a baiting environment, not organization, but a baiting environment. By design, social media is intended to draw out of you your emotions. And by design, it's intended to create an emotional foundation of people that don't know how to deal with things from a rational and common sense place anchored in a moral foundation. And when we anchor ourselves in the morality and the, the strength of faith, the rock of faith, then we tend not to get blown off course. Anytime you have an engagement, I would highly encourage you to process through and ask that simple sense of literally like, what is it that I've done well? And what is it that I've done poorly? And then take it to the throne and ask for the guidance to improve that within you, the guidance to improve your heart, the guidance to, to make yourself closer to him, the guidance to be in one with him in an amazing way. But it's very easy to get wrapped up into a lot of these senses of, of, of fight because like I was starting to say, the 231's an energized group. All of us, in one capacity or the other, has worked in elite units. And all of us in have a large percentage of people have deployed and so there is a great deal of understanding of the intensity of conflict. And there's most everybody is anchored truly in the foundations of faith. So we are walking in a place where everybody's praying regularly. Everybody's lifting up, more, some more than others. But there is an intensity of focus. And this is where I go back to where, where I was going to start this, or where I did start this, and that is the intensity. We are in a phase right now where we have to get more anchored in the word and we have to be more focused in what we're doing. When I compare the 231 to the broad spectrum of churches out here in America, it's night and day. Churches are very apathetic to a large degree. People are much more interested in the congregational experience rather than understanding the threat that's in their environments. And what we need is more of the intensity of focus. We have to get to a place where the rigors of studying the Bible, the rigors of the word, the rigors of engaging in spiritual warfare, the rigors of engaging our community, the rigors of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ or praying on people to heal them and heal the sick. These are things that we need to be doing. And with an intensity of warfare to understand that we are literally in war and there's no time to waste. And that's just it. As there tends to be, there's still a lot of place here for people to want to be Go through a process of time and comfort. That's gone. It's not here anymore. We're in a place right now where we need to be fired up. This is like 
being before the River Jordan and crossing that River Jordan and bringing a memorial stone and placing it there to show the unity of the 12 tribes. And as they move forward, we start to go forward into the war. And it's game on. And they all understand the threat. They understand what they're heading into, or at least as much as they can. We're in that same precipice right now where we're starting to look forward and we're seeing things line up. And there's a lot of things happening right now. Not just the 231. There's many other things happening around. But the whole idea of the news cycle is to distract you from that. But our whole country right now is in a state of crisis. And there's a point here where it's, there's going to be a breaking point. It has to be. And the only thing that can prevent that complete total collapse in a disastrous way is people's engagement in prayer and engagement in the spiritual warfare that needs to happen to keep this nation to, from falling into the hands of darkness. Prayer is really the, up, the foundation which we all stand. It's a, um, it brings us ultimately to some bigger questions. And that's where we walk in this time and how much we dig into the news, for example, and how much we dig into scripture. And quite frankly, if I had my choice, I wouldn't speak another bit of news. I'd only speak scripture. Now, it's not going to happen for a lot of reasons because we're part of what I have built here and the way God has led this ministry is to keep an informed application of scripture to the real world. But nonetheless, it's very important to understand that everything that's being fed at us now is designed to divide and to conquer. And you have to be able to filter that and be able to get focused on where we are. This enemy is evil. And it's, a, it's an unprecedented level of evil that for those that have gotten up close to it, you understand what I'm saying. It, it's, it's a type of evil that is pure and raw. It has no empathy. It has no concern for you or I. It has only one interest to take what it wants and to take it permanently and never give it back. Its tools of war include rape, torture, pain, threat, fear, coercion, deceit. I can go on a list. And those sorts of tools are, are very easy, easily used to overtake somebody of faith that doesn't have a rock-solid perspective on faith and the tools and the authorities given to us by Jesus. And that's where the word comes in because it's not just surviving. It's understanding that you're overcoming. It's not just like I need the word just to hang on until God takes me away. And that's another problem within the church of this idea of rapture. We're going to take you out of here and everything's going to be fine. No, that's not the case at all. Because if you're going to be raptured out, you're being removed from the most important and critical rescue mission in the history of humanity. Every single one of us that's on the line that's being called right now is being called to help rescue, heal, and restore. Rescue, heal, and restore. Fantastic words given to my God. So these words now have to shape a process of going forward. And with that is the understanding that there's not going to be an easy day. All days in one way or another are challenging. And we're going to be challenged ourselves because ultimately we have to refine ourselves before we're ready to go out and refine others. And the process of refining ourselves, though it's ever going and ever ongoing, there's points in time where we have to take a step back and say, okay, Father, I need some refinement here before I go further. And we have to be honest about that, not just bludgeon our way forward. We equally have to prevent ourselves from getting caught into a place of, of lethargic presence where we literally sit and wait for something to happen or sit and wait and tell ourselves, well, I'm not quite ready yet. We have to be able to step into the life and say, look, here I am. No matter what your baggage or burdens are, rely on God to heal them. Have prayer warriors pray into it, but we've got to keep moving. It isn't time to get pull back and be lazy. is isn't pull back and be convenient. Maybe someday, but not in, not in the near future because this war is calling too much. And for every action that we execute within the spirit is helping somebody else in the flesh. We are seeing positive turns in this war. We are seeing positive shifts in this war, amazing shifts. And they're happening not because of what's going on the ground, but because of what's going on in the spirit. And it's because people are taking seriously the intent of spiritual warfare. The idea of spraying, praying into strongholds. The idea of praying into the enemy's camps. The idea of engaging the enemy and trans transitioning their hearts from darkness into the love of Christ. These are all critical, critical tools in this hour. Praying against 
the spirits that are leading people to transgenderism, gay and, and lesbian lifestyles. Praying to heal children, raising them up. Stepping aside from our hatred of the vax, which all of us have it at one point or another, and start to understand that in terms of healing, God doesn't care whether it's a vax or whether it's a non-vaxed, it's healing. And as we pray into that to raise people up, to heal them, to restore them, to get them back into the fight and back into the walking kingdom. But we need all hands on deck right now. And that fight is very real. Our country will survive this. And we will survive. Our mission in that end doesn't change. It doesn't matter whether we have a tyranny, whether we have a republic, we have a socialist empire, we have a raw democracy or something other. Our mission remains the same, to bring as many people to Jesus, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, and to do greater works. All that's in the book of Acts. And in so doing, that church of Acts, as we speak into that with the prophetic and the apostolic, the things we are stepping into our anointment, our anointment, our anointing, our anointing of being that of the children of the Most High. And it's the most noble walk. Because as we free ourselves from the chains and the burdens of what we had around us, we start to walk in the greater power of the Holy Spirit and the greater power of God himself. People begin to see our heart differently. We impact the world differently. We're aware of the consequences of when we speak our words into the, into the world. Life and death is a consequence. And so we start to understand that when we speak words that are heavy, when we'll call frame them as, as the words of death, they ripple across time and space to affect people and others around us in a profound way. And that's part of our responsibility, both into preventing it from happening, but correcting if it does. When we speak life into people, we lift them up. We raise them up in a mighty way. And they become strong in the root of kingdom. They become strong in life. And that's the fundamentals, one of the fundamental things we've been working with now for six months or eight months in our spiritual healing, which is to break the spell casting, which has become so pr prominent. We've become convinced that we are the parasites of the world. The idea of environmentalism, that we don't deserve to be here, that we're the cause and effect of all things. These are spell casts. These are the spell casts that are convincing us to be depressed, to be down, that we are a problem, that we shouldn't deserve to be here, et cetera, et cetera. As that continues on and on, it's convincing us to comply to a system which we will be slaves to them. God has never told us we're unworthy. But we sure like to tell ourselves that. And we walk ourselves into a pit that we shouldn't be in. We have to speak life into all things. And life is looking at where this, where God wants it to go. So imagine the situations that we can be in, because ultimately the only situation you can answer things in when we're dealing with ourselves and in the world is to pray into things, pray into Holy Spirit, and let Holy Spirit guide us. In other words, every breath, walk, and action we take is tied to God. And we're increasingly getting there. We have a conflict with a person. We have to use Holy Spirit to work it out. We just don't throw it down on the table and say, okay, we're all going to get along. We need to heal that in the Holy Spirit. Marriage is the same way. We should be working Holy Spirit in everything in the marriage. It's prayer to heal. Not just like, okay, it's all good. It's all over. Pray it through. Because everything that we do when we get into fights and arguments is we end up leaving stains, hooks, anchors within the spiritual realm that will pull us back or, or open, even worse, open port portals to the demonic to influence us. And that can't be. We have to walk cleaner than that. We have to walk with an armor that's more strong with that. We have to walk as children of the Most High, which calls upon us to do things very difficult because there's times that we have to walk with people if God so leads. We have to walk with people if God so leads that we are supposed to be, that we may not be comfortable with, but we have to trust in Him for a reason why it's there. Because so many of these things that we go through are often to reveal our own heart to us so that we can more become greater in him and greater thus in the world for him. And that gets back to the intention of our heart. God knows our heart. He knows our heart as well as anyone. The question is, do we know our heart well enough to show it to God with confidence? And that's hard to do. Because many times when we do that, what we're going to have to expose is the sins which we have done, and we're not comfortable with that many times. We don't want God to see our sins. Or we don't want to have to live them in front of accountability. He already knows them. The 
question is, are you courageous enough to show them? And as we start to reveal that with the, with the tenderness and the, the vulnerability before the throne, to say truly, Father, this is what I have. This is what my heart is. We start to become greater in him and receive greater ability to function in Holy Spirit than ever before. But it's a process of getting us to the place of vulnerability. And vulnerability is one of your greatest weapons we ever wield. Because vulnerability before the enemy, vulnerability before the throne is the pouring out of love, a tremendous level. That is the kindness and a gentleness that they cannot fight against. And it runs counter to people, even like myself, especially that don't do well with these words, kindness and love. Because it's, it's not a word that's used typically in the warrior heart, but it is used in a most particular class of warrior hearts, and that's the shogun. That the samurai of, Af of Japan understood the principles of love, understood the principles of poetry, understood the principles of painting, of doing calligraphy. They understood the arts, and the arts are a passion of love. They equally understood the precision of a blade, the speed at which to draw, the perfection of all things within that form and that kata. And that, therefore, to be able to approach an enemy with an open heart, to be able to love their enemy before them, and yet to have the skill to fight their enemy with deadly precision and ultimately leave the enemy incapacitated or dead. When we walk into the world with a loving heart and we're able to embrace that place of forgiveness in our heart to pass that on to Father, the way that that flows then is up to him but it may flow through your hand when we talk about justice. And justice takes many forms. It might be holding somebody accountable in court. It might be doing something most contrary to them, which is giving them a job when they're unemployed after they've assaulted you for something else. But there's a justice that God seeks that's in the heart that we have to honor. And it's not easy. But it's how we ultimately become greater and stronger in kingdom. We have to trust in him and we can't trust in ourselves. And that's one of the greatest challenges as we go ahead here in this war, because the one side is provoking everything it can to lead us to a civil war. They want us in a civil war. And if we don't love our brothers and love our neighbors, that civil war could easily become possible. I have a strong belief that the strength of faith in the United States is growing significantly that that civil war will likely not happen, at least not on a broad scale. But when we look at the violence that has ensued in Chicago alone and all the damage and pain that that's caused for generations, we can see how easy it is to set up a blood rift that continues to cycle over and over to create a cultural and generational curse. And we have to break those cycles. And the only way we're going to break those cycles is to step in as the children of the Most High, the sons and daughters of God, to pray into these places, to lead them with an open and loving heart, and to restore that place where people can see themselves once again as who they are and separate the sin from the sinner. And with that accomplishment, we start to set people truly free. So our challenge is really before us in a nation that is in much need in this hour. It's not going to be solved through the Second Amendment. It's not going to be solved through the First Amendment alone. It's going to be solved through the, those that are collectively taking both of those together and understanding that there is a line which we cannot cross, but there's a massive terrain that we have to cross to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to raise up a nation to really heal what is a dead nation right now, to restore a dead nation, and to restore them with the fire and passion of, of Christ, to restore them with the fire and passion of Holy Ghost, to restore them with the fire and passion for God himself. And to reset the moral foundation, because until we reset the moral foundation, no matter how many wars we win or battles we win, we can still lose the war. So breathe. Breathe in Holy Spirit. Breathe. Walk. Seek Him. Seek Him mightily in this hour. Ask for Him to speak to your heart. Ask for Him to show you what you need to do. And let God lead you in all things. And in the process, we each get placed on that battlefield. We're exactly where he needs us. And as we are obedient to him, we execute as he needs us, even in timing. He doesn't need the internet. He 
doesn't need a cell phone. He just needs access to your heart. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, I'm just going to thank you for this evening. Just a blessed assembly as we just mash out some pieces of ultimately walking in the yes. A place where we have to turn ourselves to and say, yes, Lord, and be obedient to where you line us up. Yes, Lord, and be obedient to where you set us out to, to minister and go free. But we have to be obedient. And in that process of being in the yes, we have to learn to walk in the yes in such a profound way that we never deviate from that which we commit to. So, Father, we're just praying an anointing over all that would be the blessing of the yes in their heart and to be able to take that into the world and execute that in a mighty way. To step into places where no one wants to go. To bring the gospel to Jesus where it's dark instead of light. To cast out demons and to heal the sick. To ultimately set people free and make them accountable before the, before the throne. And as we do that, And as we walk in that, we truly are not only setting ourselves free, but we're teaching others not only to be free, but the most important part of all of this, to love themselves as, lo as Father loves them. And so, in all these things said, in Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Chasing mountains I can't climb Holding out for heroes in the night I find myself here in the dark We learn to fight and learn who we are But I am ready
chase the stars full of light And we are wild like a river Wild like the fire in your veins makes you shiver And I chase the winter out of my mind Like the dark in the distance Out of my mind 